Well, you also got to see um, Joan Jett. Of, Joan Jett uh, of the Blackhearts. Uh, what other band was she in? The Runaways? The Runaways. And, I was going to uh, say of Runaway fame. Yeah. And then Poison, the, you know, the great Brett Michaels. They were there too? Yeah. So it was Joan Jett. Poison came up after Joan Jett. And Def Leppard. Oh, my God. Def Leppard was fantastic. I, I thought they blew Our me away. Heart of Hearing Panther. I like it. Yeah. Blew me away. And then Motley Crue was also, I mean, how do you not love Motley yeah, Crue? Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it's why I think the, and that one scene at the very end of Hot Tub Time Machine, spoilers. I've actually never is, seen that movie, but. Oh, it's, it's so, time travel's involved. I mean, they yeah. get back to the future after they go back into the past to change some stuff. They get there and one of the members of the, of the group is like, Motley Lou? What the <laughs> fuck did you do? <laughs> What's Motley Lou? A member of their group named Lou decided he was going to write all the Motley Crue songs because he remembered oh, them. So he went really? and wrote them. He made a band called Motley Lou. Oh my God. Yeah. Did you know that over $5 trillion exchanges hands on a daily basis? That's an average of over $220 billion an hour. Now, how does this much money move every single day and why does it move the way it does? Here on Drunkenomics, Two bartenders, who also happen to be students at the University of Nebraska Graduate School of Business, are going to sit down and drink to the global economy and try and translate it into English. So sit back, relax, pour yourself a stiff one, and have a drink with us to the comedy that is the global economy. Hey guys, and welcome back to Drunkenomics, the drinking podcast with an economics problem. More than one economics problem at so this many. point. I mean, it's a, global it's, it's, it's a series problem. of global, it's, it's really a supply, a litany, a supply chain of issues. I know. It, wow. Nice. Good choice of words, man. You know, if you were, if you I, enjoyed last week because it was, it was busy and really going because there was so much to get through and not enough time to do it. Buckle yep. up. Because this, this is round is, two. Yeah, this is round um, two. Surprise, surprise. Things did not get better. Yeah. It did, it, <laughs> and for you, the VIX is still above 18, even though it's still underneath oh, 25. Well but, uh, uh, you know, like the bet was only for one week, so you're still the more gracious host, whatever, or you're back and to that, being the more gracious host, whatever. And then back in form as the more gracious host, I am James Goldwater in less gracious form, of course. That, that makes you that makes me Aaron Wong. Yes, yeah, so happy to be here right now in my less gracious form once Absolutely. again for the hundredth time, let's say this year. I don't know if we're at hundred yet, but we're we definitely <laughs> I mean, past twenty. We've definitely past twenty-five. Yes, okay, we're um, definitely past twenty-five. Yes, so. And speaking of which, uh, we passed 25 followers on uh, our social media. Actually, we're well past that, but I just like to talk down to myself or about myself all the time. But if you want to be among our followers on social media, uh, you can find us there at Drunkonomical, D-R-U-N-K-U-N-O-M-I-C-A-L. And that's I'm, on, I'm good at uh, that in the again. metaverse on, on Facebook and Instagram. That is uh, Twitter. And then, of yeah. course, from there, from there, the, you'll, you can find the invite into the Discord where, if yeah. I'm not mistaken, and actually a very fun conversation happened today of uh, discussions of um, about retail inventories, which, well, yeah. I don't know, that well, was just, I mean, speaking of, you know, this economics problem that we have, you know, I would probably change it for a drink problem. I don't know. Maybe I would. Maybe I wouldn't. I'd oh, there's no problem yeah. drinking. Yeah, I have, no, I have no problem drinking either. But, uh, dude. A lot of stuff happening. Obviously, retail sentiment has mm-hmm. been good. I don't really want to talk too much about uh, retail. I and mean, we can always because, we're going to push. We're going to push retail off a little bit on. Yeah, because like, in order I mean, to focus on some slightly more pressing issues. Yeah, because I mean, earnings. It, the weird thing about this earnings cycle, and I'll just do this real quick, is like it's actually they're coming in stronger than way stronger than last earnings cycle. Last earnings cycle was like if you didn't smash then you got smashed. Yeah, so, and it's, it's, it's like, kind of weird because, I mean, just to press one that I've seen and it kind of feeds into some other stuff. I, I, I have looked at Tesla's earnings. Oh, the Netflix they one. Raised the it. Netflix one got me, but if it was Tesla for you. Yeah, Tesla. Yeah. Well, Tesla's the one that was interesting to me because of everything it, just, it says, which is they... 
their they smash their EPS, their earnings per share. But they always give themselves get like really low guidance. I don't get it. Yeah, well, they did. They they scored two twenty seven versus one eighty one expected. Wow, right? That's actually really. I've killed it. But revenue was under expectations by about two hundred million. So where do they get the? Where do they make up for the extra forty cents in EPS or fifty cents or whatever? Well, they. they, I mean, that's a great question. They probably just moved shares out of the outstanding position. I think I know what happened because they did what every big company has done in the last three months. They cut a lot. I'm back. Well, I, I don't know if there was buybacks, but like it would it wouldn't behoove them to do buybacks. But at the same time, they also laid off a bunch of people. Maybe yep. that that that's where they made up for the the profit, right? So yeah, they certainly they. I mean, have you, yeah, I mean, yeah. and their automotive their automotive gross margin came in at twenty seven nine, down from thirty two nine last what? quarter. That's so weird. And down from twenty eight four last year. So there certainly looks like there's some issues with its automotive margins. Yeah. Declining. Well, I mean, today we're recording on the day in which they released their earnings report, and the stock shot up initially in the after hours, but it's I think it's calmed down a little bit since. It's still up pretty drastically in the after hours. Yeah, but it's, and it's, it will be. And I don't yeah. see a reason to, I don't see necessarily a reason for it to be changing initially. I mean, yeah. I imagine it'll it'll continue to go up on that on yeah. that good news on EPS. The thing that shocked me was just uh, Netflix, right? They'd lost, what, you know, a million subscribers and the stock still shot up. But that's because what was priced in initially was a loss of 2 million subscribers. So I think that's pretty ironic that the stock shot up after that kind of announcement, they, they still lost a million subscribers. And if you think about 1 million subscribers times, or I mean, let's honestly, it's more like 970,000 subscribers, but like if you take that times however much you pay a month, like that's a lot of 12, revenue. 12. Yeah, 12 bucks a month. That's a lot of revenue that they're missing out yeah, on. It's 12, now, it's 12 but, million. Yeah, but apparently it was priced in. So yeah, but that's my earnings spiel because a lot of pressing issues, starting with I guess, should we pick up right where we left off last week with the whole European Dutch farmers? Yeah, we might as well. I mean, that whole yeah, deal? Europe's having some, I mean, kind of the the beginning of the worst fears for European economies are beginning to be um, recognized or, that reality or becoming more and more likely. Yeah. So, the, so like the, the, kinda... the entire premise of the gas crisis, of the, of the natural gas crisis out of Russia and into Europe is becoming, it's probably going to happen. Yeah. So there was a plan to shut down one of the, uh, so Nord Stream 1 pipeline that already exists, right? So Nord Stream 2, the Germans shut down. Yeah. Nord Stream 1, which is the, which is the main one that goes into Germany, it already exists. It's shut down for maintenance. So it's been closed down for maintenance. The Russians are now saying, oh, because of import bans and export bans and other issues, it's not going to reopen because we're not going to have the parts to do it. Whereas the Germans are going, that's absolutely not the case. The The turbine that's being worked on in Canada has been worked on. The Canadians have said, yeah, we've worked on it. We've sent it back to Germany. Yeah. That's not happening. But the Russians, it looks like they're going to they're gonna play the game and they're, they're going to cut off or deliberately allow to be restricted for yeah. longer than um, likely uh, the natural gas supply in Russia. They've already throttled it down. Since yeah. the start of sanctions in the conflict, so it's it's there's well, there's really no way now for the German economy to be insulated. Therefore, the rest of Europe to be insulated from this yeah, lack they, of fuel. Yeah, because they've been super dependent on Russia for nat gas, and then on top of that, you know, to make things worse, nat gas inventories, nat gas reserves, they keep going down. You know, every week EIA data comes out, and it's like, okay, nat gas reserves suck. What the EU has done to kind of mitigate this in the smallest way possible is they signed a new deal with Azerbaijan, mm-hmm. which I don't really know that yeah, much so, about Azerbaijan's economy and how much nat gas they can produce. Well, but, right. uh, the other thing is Russia is, has looked to find other customers for natural gas. I don't so think they'll have a tough time doing that, to be honest with you. No, they signed like, a pretty solid agreement with China because China needs the fuel after all the yeah. Beijing has, has shot itself in the foot over, over Australian coal last year. Yeah, so but, now 
now we'll see. The weird thing is they did that and they don't really care. They're just like, yeah, well, I mean, as someone that works in the government that puts this law into place, it doesn't affect me. Yeah, it's very much if you've you've seen that meme of the guy riding the bike and then shoving a stick into the front wheel and then going, why would something do this? You know, it's like, like, who would have foreseen? And it's like, well, everybody. But right now I can, I, I mean, looking at the amount of gas right now. So as of today, 20th of uh, July, uh-huh. natural gas shipments into Europe are less than a third of this time last year, right? So Wow, dude, that's insane. So 67% of the of the natural gas flowing into Europe isn't. Yeah. So this, um, is, a, yeah, this, this, is, this is creating problems. You know, and not to mention, this is like one of the hottest summers Europe has ever seen. I know it was, Absolutely. I know like this week at some point, the hottest temperature ever recorded in London was recorded. 102 degrees. Yeah, or whatever. Sick. I didn't even know the UK could reach triple digits you know, i'll be honest whatever. i don't think they did either yeah so yeah, um, no, it's, and it's uh, there's something to be said for that now wealthier countries are going to be less affected because obviously they can afford to buy gas at a more at a more expensive rate yeah, more expensive. but when you're down sucks. to a third a quarter of the of the supply you have to start making decisions on what you're gonna what is going to be running so right. is it going to be that we're going to be running the air conditioners in houses or is it the stove giving homes or, or and stoves or is it going to be factories and offices and right. restaurants yeah. because then suddenly when it's well the factories are closed well what are what are how are these going to earn money so you end up yeah. with this whole if you stop the economy if you stop one part of the economy it does knock on trickle into everything else yeah it doesn't, it doesn't even trickle it actually floods in the case if you shut something in yeah. one section down well, it really does cascade into everything and on top else. of that the, there's a lot of wildfire apparently there's wildfires all over europe spreading i don't know that much probably about it, has something know, to do like, with the fact that it's exceptionally hot yeah which well, makes I, it exceptionally I don't, I don't dry, which, yeah, which i don't think that necessarily um, helps yeah and of course yeah dry means it burns easier or catches on fire easier yeah so, so yeah so in greece spain and italy so Southern yeah. warmer climates, drier climates. Yeah, they have they're having problems. Yeah, um, and then on top of that, you know the the farmers' protests from last week that we talked about. Uh, and mm-hmm. speaking of which, sorry about the poor audio last week. I got it worked out this week, I think. But uh, yeah, farmers from other countries have joined in and and decided to protest with the Dutch farmers. So I think last I saw, so we, I think we mentioned Poland last week. Poland jumped on board, yeah, and the Germans as well. Yeah, last week we mentioned both those countries, and then. This week, or I guess over the weekend, Spain has jumped on, uh, like mm-hmm. Spanish farmers have jumped on, and I think Italian, was that the other one? Italian farmers yeah, have jumped on? Yeah, I mean, they, they obviously Yeah, have. it's Italian, that's what it is. I put, yeah. So that's, I mean, all that, I, I don't know, I don't know if necessarily 50 basis points will, will fix this. Uh, we, gotta, we have a less than credible central bank over there. In case you're wondering about the ECB's credibility, which is the European Central Bank. We find out well, tomorrow. Yeah, we, that's, that's the big thing for this coming week is, you know, the ECB's decision to raise interest rates. What's it going to be? 25 basis points, 50 basis points, uh, if 100? I, if, I, if I have to be on record, I, I'm more than happy to do this. Yes. I think it'll be 50. If I had a bet, it'd be 52. it's distinctly possible that it may only be 25 just because they're like, yeah, we haven't done this in 12 years. How do we do it again? Right, exactly. But I think, but, but I think 50. It's, it's, it's kind it's of It's got to be 50. And like, everybody thinks that the Fed here in the United States has lost credibility, assuming that they had credibility to begin with. But look over there. I mean, their, their Fed credibility is, is atrocious. It's worse than ours, I think. They have rampant inflation. The euro yeah. dollar was below one for a while. I don't know if it still is, but it went like when it went to parity, everybody was freaking when out. It went to parity, everyone yeah. was freaking out. Yeah, no, um, talk about a crazy currency parity. Yeah, man. the like, euro is one point zero two dollars. Yeah, so, so it's just 
barely. Yeah. Well, what I'm barely. saying is like, like historically, it's been it was like one and a half to one. Yeah, so. I, I'm used to. I, see, for me, it was always kind of that one twenty five, one fifty. Yeah, the euro will buy you one and a quarter, one one and a half. Yeah, but, but not lately. It's just yeah. It's just been well, the, the fact that um, the dollar was more than the euro, like that, you can get you know a hundred dollars can get you a hundred euros. That was crazy because usually a hundred dollars gets you like seventy five euros or eighty euros. Yeah, no, it's it's know? certainly so, it, it speaks to a a very severe weakness in in their monetary policy. And yeah. um, so they have to. Do- but to be but to be fair, again, like they're they they do not have in, in Europe. It's not. It's almost like it's twenty twenty all over again. The beginning of twenty twenty all over again. I mean, I remember we were sitting there talking. Yeah, you and yeah. I were sitting there at Tavern on the Square in the igloo yeah. discussing why we thought, or why I thought at least, that the Fed Reserve's decision to go to zero percent interest in an emergency rate cut wasn't necessary, and it's because right, we're yeah. not dealing with a liquidity issue. Yeah, exactly. We're dealing we're with legit- the there's legitimately an economic problem, and yeah. liquidity isn't going to help it. Yeah, exa- exactly. Like all this money won't necessarily. I mean, like stimulus will carry yeah. us over, but like. To get it'll, a loan for cheaper, help, that won't it'll help a help. little bit, but it's not. You're not addressing the problem. You've literally walked up. I, I've I've just broken my leg, and you're asking me what I want for dinner. Like <laughs> I, we have different issues right now. The food will is help. important, but I have yeah. other pro. I have yeah. more no, yeah, pressing exactly. issues. Like it's we'll deal with that later. Yeah, it's like I'm hungry. I have a broken leg. That I just broke. If I eat, like that'll take care of my hunger, but I might puke it up because I have a broken leg. And, and, and also, get, and also, when I have if, a broken leg. And also, if I need surgery, they tend to prefer if you've not eaten. Yeah, exactly. So the anesthesia so, can work a little bit better. Yeah. So, so that's so, so that's that issue. Yeah. And I mean, I guess the real problem is we'd love to ask a, another former ECB president, right? But yeah. he's busy too. But Draghi's really yeah, busy well, he, right well, now. Well, he's rated like one of the best, according to Paul Krugman, which I don't know how much you like Paul Krugman or not, but he's a Nobel laureate. He won the Nobel Peace. Or some prize, prize for, for economics, something for economics, right? Yeah, it's the Nobel Prize for economics. Yes, he has said Draghi, Mario Draghi, is the best central bank president in modern times. I'll start by saying this: tweet of the day goes out to someone that tweeted last week. I, f- I forget who it was. I'm too lazy to pull it up, but this was like one of the best tweets I've ever seen in my life. Um, I tweeted something about. Like, will the ECB lifting interest rates by 50 basis points actually solve the supply chain crisis that they have out there? And then the guy tweeted at me, there's no supply chain crisis if there's no demand. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's but, true. I mean, tell, me that, true. tell me that wasn't you know the tweet the, of the day. Like, that's, that was the tweet. That's fantastic. That's, that's amazing. It's like, it's, you know, did you know you can, and this is, I, I, am, I am now quoting, I forget. <laughs> who's, I, it was such dark humor, but it's, it's oh, hilarious. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I'm about to, so I think this was David Mitchell, who's, who's an English comedian. He was discussing COVID at one point. He just goes, well, did you know that, that dynamite is also a cure for COVID? <laughs> it creates some different problems, but, yeah. it dealt, but it deals with COVID very effectively. Well, like, basically what he's saying, and this is like really, really <laughs> dark humor, which I love dark humor. And sorry if that turns you, if it rubs you the wrong way. But basically he's saying like, mm-hmm. there's no pandemic if there are no people. Well, that's, and, that's, and that's exactly <laughs> it's what. Like, um, it's like saying that. It's like, well, that's, exactly, you know? that's exactly what David Mitchell was saying. It's, 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 it's like, yeah, it's that if you blow someone up, yeah, COVID's it, not a problem. Yeah, it's not a problem. <laughs> and, and, so, and, and I'll be like, honest, I laughed I very laughed, hard I at that. Hard I, was hard thinking, I, was like, I was like, oh yeah, that's dark and twisted. I love it. Yeah. But nah, so but no. I thought that was hilarious. Well, but like I said, I'm I'm sure Christine Lagarde would love to be calling Mario Draghi right now. But again, he's got his own problems. His his Italian unity government, his Italian 
national unity government. It looks yeah. like it's collapsing. It looks like his premiership yeah. as the um, as the technocratic prime minister yeah. of Italy is. And I'll start by saying this too: as we go into this Italian situation, is I don't necessarily think this is a bad thing. It's just the timing of it is horrible. Yeah, like rampant inflation. I mean, like it's not that this would ever be a good thing, but it, the timing of it makes it so much more dramatic because rampant inflation, food crisis, farmers protest, energy crisis, energy crisis. I mean, a lot fires. of things. Yeah. Ukraine uh. going to war, right? So, which that was a very polarizing thing that happened for Italy for some reason. You know, how much support should we give Ukraine? That was a very polarizing thing in the parliament. But yeah, you know, too bad Draghi can't help because he was a great, apparently, according to Krugman, he was a great central bank president. Now he's the prime minister in uh, Italy. I, I forget how long he's held that position for. It's I not think. long. It's only been a year and a half. Yeah, about because he was central bank president in tw- until 2019 or something like that. Like Christine Lagarde didn't take over from him. 2019, right? That's, yeah, um, that's yeah, it. Right? Since fe- he's, he's been there since February of 2021 is, yeah, when, so, um, yeah. is when he took over. Yeah, so he took some months off after serving at the ECB. And then found himself know. trying to lead Europe's fourth largest economy. Through, yeah. through and out of COVID, because COVID obviously yeah. not over. Italy obviously had some, as we recall from 2020, had some very serious problems. Yeah, they were COVID. one of the first countries in the EU or just in Europe to, and they, and they were a, and they were hit very badly. Yeah. So, um, what a sticky situation this is. I mean, is so he resigned or he tried to resign last thir- yeah, last he, Thursday or something he, like that. He offered his resignation to the president of Italy last week, and the president said, "Look, just because one part of your coalition isn't yeah. being great." You're fine. You still have the faith of the Italian people. You can still run this government. You're still a legitimate prime minister. Go ahead and run yeah. it. And so then this week he decided, well, I need my coalition. I need this parliament to back me. I need this parliament to at least say, look, we agree that you have a right to lead. I don't know um, why. So I don't know why he puts so much faith in what they're saying, but I know he started a coalition with them. But basically, I mean, this political party is what it's called the five star movement. It's an Italian political party that was founded in uh, 2009 by a comedian. A yeah, so comedian. I, I, what, you, what you'll notice in Europe is that is it is it a comedian who's fed up with politics tends to be how you get a new government or a, a pretty popular party going, or at least that's worked in Italy and Ukraine. Yeah, and and a little um, bit in the the UK too. But like Boris Johnson is not a comedian; he's just <laughs> unintentionally hilarious. <laughs> I know. Um, but yeah, I mean, so this, I mean, this comedian. I mean, he was a, he's very much a political comedian, but like he he founded a, this five star movement party in 2009 that really seems to not have any political identity. They're a little bit like like they have a really strict immigration policy. But they're very left-wing socially and economically, and they're also very skeptical of the EU, which I think for a left-wing ideology, even in Europe, you're very much very pro-EU. Yeah, it's, it, um, I looked at a little bit of what the Five Star Party stands for, and it seems to me like it's a bunch of people who agree on like two things. Yeah. But they disagree on how to do those two things. But they agree on the two things. They disagree on everything else. But they're like, well, as long as yeah, we so, agree on these two things, let's let's start a coalition. Yeah, like, you know, we don't agree so on everything, but there's, there's more of us things, than everyone else. Yeah, there's twenty things that we're indifferent on. There's two things that we agree on, and we don't agree on how to get to where we want to go. And there's five but, things we all disagree on pretty harshly, and those things are all kind of different. Yeah, but our so, we have in common is more than we don't. Well, the weird so thing is, yeah. So like, I mean, the weird thing is like this part party is also divided at the moment and a lot of it has to do with the invasion on ukraine so italy's here's the real problem and, and this is how it speaks to the economics because the, the politics of this is necess- i mean knowing which party is going to take over and, it, and if if draghi's um cabinet collapses which it's almost certain to do now yeah then the there will be a snap election there has to be 
And then it'll it'll occur probably in September, but sometime this fall. Right. And what we'll see is the only the only groups that are really organized and kind of ready for this election or that, that seem to be in a position to prosper from this are the right wing groups in Italy. Right. Which, but the thing you know, is, like the five star movement, they're very much anti. Like all they do is cry anti-establishment, which is really yeah. ironic. Which is really ironic it's, that they would form a coalition with Mario Draghi, who's you know very much uh, yeah he is he's the, the he's, he's the establishment technocrat. Yeah, he's the technocrat. Like, so like he's he, the insider like, expert. He is in in the U.S. He is what um, the anti-establishment group of people would decry as a as an elite, yeah. as a government. Elite. But the thing, the weird thing is, like all the anti-establishment people have went to. Apparently, there's a super right-wing party in I don't know what the name of the party, but there's a super like alt-right party in Italy that's also anti-establishment that the Five Star Movement tried to start a coalition with. The Five Star Movement has tried to start a coalition with every single party in the Italian parliament, which is just like, tell me you don't have any political identity without telling me you don't have any political identity. Yeah, it's, so, so it. the far right so, group is the Brothers of Italy party, which oh, is... Okay, yeah, so, and, and they, um, and now, like, they're like one of the projected favorites now because they, they're, they've been crying anti-establishment. Apparently, yeah. that's the thing to do now. Well, the, well, the, so the, the problem is being an anti-establishment, being anti-establishment is a great way to get elected. Unfortunately, the problem is once you're elected, you are the establishment. And so sitting here trying to govern against the establishment, it's like you can't do that. Right. But you it's know, also like you can't. The thing is, like, if you're anti-establishment, like, okay, well, then go in there and pull back on regulation. That, that's usually what you should do if you're anti-establishment. Is you go in there and you pull back on regulation. Yeah. Like they, they, but they haven't been doing that. That's not like. Well, the problem. Know, I, and I, I think and some the, regulation is good, but like they've been. You've, like, you've they've been seen. Doing, um, like, you haven't seen Life of Brian, have you? Dude, like, fully you, through. You're seeing Life of Brian at the end. I know. Of the, we, at, I know. At the end of the episode last week. Always look at the bright side of life, man. Yes, we were. Oh no, I, no. It's because it's. You have, and so, some people I, I know haven't, but there's that one scene where you have the, the Judean <laughs> people's front and the people's front of Judea, and they're all there, and they're just like, we're not the Judean people's front, we're the people's front of Judea. What do you believe in? We want the Romans to leave, except we want them to leave the sanitation, the roads, the, the schools, the healthcare. So you want them to leave everything, you just want them to go home. Yes. yes. That's that's what this is. Yeah, the Romans have, that's yeah, what the Romans have done nothing, nothing for us, except for the roads. Oh yes, that's right. Yes, the Romans have and done the nothing sanitation. except for the roads. Oh, uh, and, this, and they, uh, the Romans have done nothing with but the roads and, and healthcare. Okay, aside from the healthcare roads it's, and, and and the schools, yeah, it's like, and it's and like they went on. So yeah, yeah that's I mean, what's that's happened. That's, like, that's that's the problem is when you're anti-establishment and then you find yourself the establishment and you're like, oh, I'm going to get rid of. I uh, know, actually, we like that. Yeah, so that's well, kind of what the five-star movement is like. Uh, but I, I don't know. It's a, it's very much a young political party, I think. Yeah, I mean, no, it, um, it is. And, and it, it, once it develops an identity of what it does stand for, if, the, if it well, does. The, okay, so that's a really good point. If yes, the, the if. big thing is, uh, so many you see so many groups now that they run for office on. I don't believe in that. Okay, but what do you believe in? Not that. No, what do you stand for? Well, uh, I don't stand for that. So it's like, what? No, you can't have an anti-stance. You, you have to have. Yeah. Pro, you, you know. So what do you want? Not yeah. what don't you want? What, now, you know, I'm not again. Now, if you want to become politically motivated by I don't like something, it's like, OK, well, what do you want? What's the alternative? Go right, for yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. It's, you can't just be like, I'm yeah. going to repeal it. Well, what are you going to do? Well, yeah, we're going to replace it with. 
Yeah, uh, so long story short, this is the eighth biggest economy in the world. Fourth um, largest in Europe. For, they have yeah. wildfires. They're about to have some fuel problems. Europe is falling um, apart. I don't know how the markets have held up. And one more thing about the five-star movement, just get the full picture of this party. They're kind of Russia empathetic. They are. And they Some are. people say they're pro-Russia, like but like since since Ukraine, like what like what has really take like the party has divided into two recently, mm-hmm. which is which is kind of motivated, you know, the ousting of Draghi was half of the party wanted to provide Ukrainian aid, like military aid, and then the other half did not. So there were two leaders in that party that kind of split off, and then like one guy took the party and then went to that the brothers' party or whatever you you're, I think you're talking about. That was part of what was going on leading up to Draghi's yeah, no, it's, resignation. It's yeah, you see, you see this, um, this kind of yeah. collapse there. It doesn't help that, I mean, it's July, so it's the middle of summer right now. So energy, energy prices are very high if you're going to have the hottest summer on record and wildfires. But, but what was it yeah. the Five Star said? They, they wouldn't support. So Draghi went out with a cost of living support package. That was and the it. Five Star yes. Party fought him on it, voted against it because they said it wasn't environmentally friendly enough. And it's, well, it's one yeah, of those things. Well, it was we, two we, things. It, you know, one, it wasn't environmentally friendly enough, which it, like, it, it was like really, like, that was a pretty small portion of it, I think. Well, I, I don't it's, know, it's I don't very know, much, it's like you haven't, well, but it was, it's, it's, you've got a, you've got a, a pill that cures lung cancer and they're like, oh, but it doesn't do anything for my nails. So yeah, no, or, it's, like, it's like, hang on. You, right. No, we will deal with that. Right. So it was, it was, it was a cost of living support package. There's two things. One, they said that the, that the cost of living support package wasn't, wasn't generous enough, but then like, the, yeah. And then it also wasn't environmentally friendly enough. So there are two things that they wanted to turn it down on. And I, I think, yeah. I, I don't know which one kind of spearheaded the lack of confidence in Draghi. Well, I, th- I think it was just that he felt he wasn't getting the support he wanted from his coalition. And so he pressed them to, to, to come to a vote to do something. And a big chunk of them said they weren't going to go. And so then he uh-huh. said, okay, fine. Clearly, I, they don't want me. Clearly, I can't, I can't lead under these circumstances. So he said, I, I'm going to quit. Wow. The president said, no, no, don't quit. They're just I, doing this. I would too if I was the president. Yeah, because you know you need the guy. Yeah. But he's sitting here going like, look, they're not, they're not playing ball. Like they're, they're trying to take their ball and go home. So if that's what they want, then clearly I'll just leave. Everyone else can keep playing. Yeah. Um, well, and like, and the, then this, uh, let's just say you don't have any confidence in Mario Draghi. Like, okay, well then who's, who's his replacement? If I don't have any confidence in Jerome Powell, I'm not going to sit here and say, well, we could find someone better if we can't. Yeah, you you, you know? kind of want to line someone up. It's like, very much like, you know, it's, it's so, very much like, yeah, it's, it's very much like, bring, well, I, bring, I mean, I look at like NFL let's, quarterbacks. Let's bring it down to college football coaches. Okay. Yeah, A lot okay. of people talk about firing Scott Frost. Yeah. But who are you going to get? Yeah, exactly. Like, and, and a lot of people don't like Derek Carr as a quarterback, right? Which I don't get. I think Derek Carr is great. Is he the best? No, but yeah. is he good? Yeah. He's solid. Okay, yeah. So, solid trade, so trade him away. Okay, so once he's traded away, who's starting for the Raiders? Like, oh, we didn't think probably that far not as good as Derek Carr. Well, so it's, it's kind of like that. Like, okay, so the five-star movement, you want to oust this guy. Who's going to replace him? Yeah, what's, like, what who, is your plan? Who has his experience? Who has his, his expertise? And, you know, I, I'm not like the biggest Draghi fan. I'm just saying, like, the guy's like, just like I'm not the biggest drone power fan but i'm not gonna cry for his head but you know like just because no. of this one thing you know that, and, uh, yeah you know. And, and my thing is i don't i don't agree with with jay powell on everything and i think he's been i think he's been late and i think he's been slow on inflation but as yeah. a whole i don't but know I that think- anyone else out there would be faster would have been stronger on it. I, I don't. Yeah. I just don't. Th- I just don't think there's anyone out there that would that would be doing a better job. So it's like, well, okay, fine. He's not doing a perfect job. You're right. Who's going to do a better job? No one. Yeah. Okay. Well, then let's not do a worse job. Just because if you're angry at this guy for not doing a good enough job, you don't bring in a guy who's less good and expect right. better results. Exactly. Less good and less experienced, most likely. So 
I mean, I don't know what the five star movement is thinking. I don't know what they're gonna. I don't know what they're trying to accomplish here. Um, hopefully, they get it together and have some sort of political identity. Because you know, first of all, Europe looks like it's headed towards like becoming a third world country, which is really sad. I, I, I don't know? think it'll like be quite that bad. I, I know, but, but got, I mean, it's just like got, if they keep up this direction, if they keep like it's it's gonna go there, right? Which I don't they, necessarily they think it will. Some, I was like, God, I they hope have not, some but. really serious economic problems already. Yeah. Well, and they can make it worse. Yeah, but their population has been growing like crazy. You know, last like five years, not as much, but like the last like twenty five years. Yeah, no, I mean, Europe's, a Europe pretty, has a, gotten bigger. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a you know, it's been a pretty lax immigration policy out there. A lot of new like refugees and things like that. Mm-hmm. So like that's not good when there's a food shortage and an energy shortage. That, that's and, awful. And, yeah, it, it's strikes. not. It's not a great economic outlook. Now they've got enough yeah. money that and their currency because of I mean. They already have the infrastructure in place that when the energy issues are resolved, the lost output, the lost economic gain is never going to be gotten back. But they're in a much better position to uh, mm-hmm. to, to, to be back where they are. Yeah. And um, the thing is, like, I mean, France is going through their political instability, too. I don't know what's going on. I don't know that story as well. Well, like, France is always a little. Yeah. Apparently, Macron, Emmanuel Macron is going through some sort of, uh, I, I don't know. I think it has to do with what's going on with Ukraine. But I don't, like I, like I said, I don't really know that much. So I don't want to talk too much about it until I actually do yeah. know what the heck I'm uh, talking it's, about. It's just, it's, it's just, <laughs> it's, I think it's just a little more of that maybe war weariness in the world and in the Western world, at least. And, and you yeah. know, I get it. Yeah. yeah, no, it's just, it's, it's, I don't a, know, it's just like I, the world seems like it's like standing on, on like its last leg is China. I mean, you know, let's move over to the other side. Well, it's not, um, I mean, and if we thought, let's put it this way, instability and um, instability is always, it's, <laughs> it's either a fantastic opportunity or it's horrifyingly dangerous. It's horrifyingly risky. So when yeah. you have instability of government, so Italy and France, you, you yeah. have, well, I think that's much more stable than I would historically have always. Uh, I would still say it's them. like, it's they've not got, very they've, stable, they've, but, uh, they've got, know. Problems. They've, they've got but, problems. But correct. In, C- compared to Italy, it's not yeah, close. But, yeah. but they have political instability. Now, political instability should make investors leery. Oh, yeah. What is this next government going to do? Is there going to be a solid government for a while that allows me yeah. to make a decision? Yeah. It's, still, it's so oh, weird, boy, though. There isn't? Yeah, but it's so weird because, like, the FTSE and the DAX, I don't think, I mean, they were up this week. So I, I don't know. What was it priced they were, in they, last they week? Closed, they closed slightly down today. Okay. It's, what, it's one of those okay, things where you're like, well, okay. at one at one point, the candle was green because if they closed slightly down, I'm sure the, the range was green at one point. So what I, I was, my bad. When I looked at it, it was probably green. But yeah, I mean, but whatever. I mean, maybe they see the light of the end of the tunnel. Uh, you know, it's I, entirely I, possible. And, and I, there's also probably some people who are looking at um, inflation rates and going, look, this is going to. Well, yeah. What else? Where this, else am I going to park my money? What yeah. else am I going to put it in? Because it's not going to be not yeah. going to be cash. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to go deposit it at a bank and have and obviously, frozen and obviously, like Chinese banks. Oh, yeah. And so that's and that's part two. So if you if you yeah. know it, political instability isn't isn't great, but even worse than that would be when your personal property rights Are, don't exist. Yeah, exactly. You know, the, a, a huge China. under under um, underpinning of of modern economics is that when I build a building, I will continue to own that building. When I put money in a bank, I it will, will still, remain my money, and I can pull it out whenever uh, I want. And that's a, and that's um, another huge one is that I is that I have free access to my money. Yeah, exactly. So it, that's property rights, though. Like you you build your house or you stake out your piece of land, and it's your land, and, and you have the right to that land you have the right to go farm the land you have the right to build a business on the land it's your land absolutely but china doesn't really see it that way apparently 
A lot of banks have frozen deposits. About $200 million US dollars worth of deposits have been yeah. frozen in Chinese banks. And there have been crazy yeah, it, bank protests. Oh my God, have you seen those videos? I have. It's, 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 so it's in three, and specifically it's in three banks. It's yeah. in three kind of smaller, more rural banks in China. And it's, yeah, it's created some very serious problems because you've got a government policy of zero COVID. Yeah. But okay, I'll say this too before we like actually delve into this topic. But like, I really think, and I think all signs point to this, that the Chinese government is behind this. That's just me, and it, I'll go on record saying that I've been skeptical of the Chinese government. So yeah, that seems like you know. that, that. I'll be honest, skeptical of the Chinese government is an exceptionally sustainable position. Well, dude, we'll tell, tell that story. Times. We'll tell that story that you told me. Like that's why since you told me well, that story, uh, yeah, I, like so, when you told me that story, I was like, okay, def- the Chinese government has to be behind. Absolutely. This. So, so one of the banks in question is I'm gonna and I'm gonna absolutely butcher this name, but yeah, whatever. The bank is called. The Yuzhu Jinmin Shang Village Bank. I'll which, accept it. Um, my last name is Wong, so I can accept it. I have the right to accept it. So excellent. I did. So I, my last um, name is Wong. Some U.S. journalists, some American journalists, were able to talk to or communicate with with some customers of this bank, with some depositors of this bank, and one of the one of the guys is a runs a construction firm. Um, put a million dollars in that bank mm, and a million U.S. dollars worth. A million of U.S. Bank. dollars, yeah. and when asked why he used that bank, because he doesn't live where that bank, he does not live in the rural area where that bank specifically is located. He lives a little a distance away, some distance from it. Um, he said, "Look, he, he went online. He looked at a bunch of banks, attractive interest um, rates. While he'd never heard of this one, it offered a very solid interest rate." And so he said, you know what? It's better than everyone else. Everything is online. I'm going to, I make all my payments online. I spend all my money online. When I'm, so yeah. I don't actually need to go in there all that often to, to withdraw cash or to put cash in because everything, right? Everything's online. Yeah. And he also concluded Chinese banks are safe. There is no issue with Chinese banks. Which that was his first mistake. Which but, absolutely yeah. right. For multiple reasons. And yeah. so in April, he logged in to do something for whatever reason. And it said the system is down no and um, then he tried again i would imagine multiple times and he got to the month of may still down and was unable to access his account so he in june decides to travel to the bank knock on the door and go the fuck guys what's what's going on Um, somebody owes me uh, an explanation the immortal words of Stuart gilligan griffin where's my money man (laughs) Um, you got money you got money to my mustache absolutely (laughs) So, so but now in china on top of that to travel um Anywhere, so like just to go into a building to yeah. leave a building. I, Wait, did leave a, but did you leave have a building have, too? You need uh, this. Some certain buildings, um, but <laughs> you have you have your phone, and on your phone you have an app, and on that app, um, it pulls up a QR code that you scan when you want to enter or leave a building. Yeah, uh, or, or, so go, or go places, and it and it's to tell you, and it goes either green when you do not have COVID and have not been exposed to COVID or recently inoculated, and it, yeah. the the red says actually no, you've been exposed to COVID, or we think you're COVID positive, which so, is so you're go- so you cannot do whatever you were about to do. Yeah, which that alone is really sketchy because it's like, okay, every time you go into a building, you scan this thing, now people know where you are. Like, can Absolutely. you imagine if you had to do that? Like, if it, like if you went to a bar, like, like yeah. I don't want to have to scan something. So, so these guys, they go to a train state. They they get on the train. So they scan and get on the train, and it's green. They're good to go. Um, yeah. They get to the city that the bank is headquartered in. The bank has a location in, and they get off the train and they go to scan it to leave. And he and his wife, who was going with him, had red coats they were detained then by chinese authorities by chinese police exactly which is kind Um, of weird because it's you know well it is the people's republic (laughs) it's it's the people's republic Um, of china definitely 
Sounds like it belongs to the people to me. Absolutely. So here's so here, so he during his deten- during this detention in the next hour of being detained, according to him, eight people are brought in for the same and, reasons, um, right? Or as similar the, are, are reasons. detained for similar red tests, red QR code, and they get to talking because what else do you have to do in um, oh, and, in detention? Yeah, exactly. I guess. When you're all, all eight and, of you. Uh, hey, so uh, so on this yeah. so on this awful People's Republic version of Breakfast Club, they all discover <laughs> that none of them live in this town in this city. They're all from out of town, and that every single one of them is a depositor at that bank. I love the it Breakfast Club reference there. That was great. Was traveling there that morning Spot to on. discuss with the bank why they hadn't had access to their money in three months. Wow. Yeah. So at the end, when they write that letter, that ended up becoming published in that newspaper article that you're reading. Is that what you're reading? Uh, this is an interview. <laughs> this is this is not uh, this oh, is actually sorry. an interview well, where I'm someone sorry. actually. I'm just saying, like, to them, well, I mean, yes. like at the end of Breakfast Club, is, when, it's definitely know, it's, so. it's not so much the letter as the voiceover of uh, yeah, of, of the kid saying the letter he wrote yeah. of you, the iconic, yes, the, yeah. Yeah. the iconic Breakfast Club letter. Yes, um, if you haven't seen it, go watch. It's a great movie. I love Breakfast Club, but yeah. yeah so uh, so they yeah, but they but two hundred million dollars in banks they that, that these people now say is a fraud um, or believe is a fraud. They don't. Yeah. But yeah, this is caused. But it sounds like um, tell me that doesn't sound like the Chinese government is behind it. I mean, well, certainly that's attention. It it sounds to yeah. me like the, the the Chinese government decided it was going to to prevent them from getting into the bank. To talk yeah, about it. well, because that, like, that I think really they every single one of them. I know is a depositor. Like, okay, so when that they, seems suspicious. Yeah, exactly. But like the thing is, when the news originally broke, it was well, China shut down the economy. These banks were giving out loans and they couldn't pay the loans back. Or these banks were giving out loans to businesses that couldn't pay the loans back to the bank, which meant the people that deposited the money in the bank, they can't get their money back. Yeah. That was the original so, story. But testimonies like this start coming out, right? It's a yeah. pretty revealing. Well, you know, it, it, and th- it reveals the pretty severe weakness of Chinese banking, period. But the second so, thing. So this has led to, I mean, this is just uh-huh. thought I'd say, this has led to runs on small Chinese banks. People don't uh-huh. trust their banks. People aren't trusting banks, so they're pulling their money out, and, and I don't blame them. Like, it, it, yeah, I don't either. Is it? I mean, I don't know. Is this the implosion of Ch- of CCP? I, I, don't, I don't know about that. That that might be a little. I mean, it might it, honestly, it may come, but I don't. I don't know if that's the case. Yeah, but the thing is, this, so, so the, well, but, the problem, if I if I can just say this with Ch- uh-huh. the Chinese banking, is that it has no FDIC. It has no yeah. FDIC at all. But the, they so, do have know, something similar. But it's very sketchy. Uh, oh, you, you, what was that like when the? Uh, yeah, so they, so they, instead of the FDIC, yeah, yeah, Chinese yeah. banks just have the CCP, the Chinese <laughs> Communist Party, That's which, I, which as that, like which has that backstop for Chinese banks determines if and when and who and who it will insure it's, and protect yeah. or protect. And so the thing is, it may not. It's not going to protect all deposits. Yeah. It's not going to protect all banks. It's not going to insure all banks. Yeah, it's not so, going to backstop everything. So it's one of those things where it's like. Wow. Yeah. So whenever the government decides it's going to it's going to help failing banks, it helps them and whenever it decides eh they fail well, but, and drag us down with it. That's great. Yeah, exactly. So on top, so basically, if you and I deposit money at a bank, let's say you and I open up a Bank of America account and we deposit money at Bank of America, and so do millions of other people because it's a giant bank, and Bank of America goes under for some reason, the government, the FDIC, will turn around and say, "Okay, anything two hundred thousand, two hundred fifty thousand, or whatever. I forget the number. I think it's two hundred fifty thousand. We'll, we'll, we'll give you back your money. Yeah, yeah, two hundred fifty thousand dollar for dollar. Dollar for dollar. We'll give you back your money. The rest of it is kind of you know best efforts, maybe. You, if, you if get. You can get up to certain amounts. You can get paid fractions on yeah. that. So ten cents, quarter, twenty ten cents. Yeah. But you're guaranteed. Yeah, but if the government went up to went up to me and said, "Oh, you don't get it because we just don't like you," like that's not cool. 
But the CCP can do that. Whereas the US government, they can't do that. Everybody with 250 grand gets it back. Or everybody yeah. up to 250 every, grand gets it back. Every, every dollar yeah. up to $250,000 yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. In, a, in, a, in a US consumer bank. Yeah. Um, in a retail yeah. in a, uh, in a, yeah. in a retail bank. That's not an investment bank. Yeah. But yeah. So you get it back. So, and, 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 it's, and here's the thing is it's not even per person. It's per person per bank. Yeah. So if you have multiple bank accounts or even if you have like multiple accounts at the bank. So if you if you have your own account, you have a joint account, like that's two accounts there, I think, with up to 250 grand. I'm pretty sure. I'm not dead certain on that one, but I'm like 98% certain on that one. It's so, per depositor, per insured bank in yeah. each account category. Yeah, but, it's, right? but so, it yeah. has to be like titled, right? So if it's a joint account, it's not like titled to your individual account. Correct. You know what I mean? No, but, yes. So, so I'm saying, so if you, so you could do a, so if you have a joint account, yeah, it's that like would be, if you and Erica had so, a joint account and then and then you had an account yeah. and she had an account. That's three, that's 750,000. And, that's, and if that's all checking, now if we have the, the same but savings, that's three more. Oh, so that's um, one and a half million yeah. that's insured. So you, can right? get a, so you can get there. Yeah, but if you're um, in China, they can go to you and be like, hey, you, yeah. have a, you have a million and a half bucks here that we just don't feel like insuring. They could literally look at me and say, there's actually too many E's in your name. Yeah. So no. I mean, I'd be like, there's yeah. one E in my name. And they go, that's yeah. a lot. Yeah. What do we say? Well, what about Kevin who spells his name K-E-V-E-N? Oh, well, he has the two E's. So they actually cancel each other. So he's going to get his money back. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> oh, yeah. You, you didn't realize that? That's that's how we're doing this. They could on a whim. Just, that's how they do. And then that's how yeah. and that's how the banks are insured and backstop on, yeah. on the whim of government. Yeah. So that's that makes me great. feel like that it is that this was provoked by the Chinese government. Maybe it was. And on top of that. The, gov- the military of China has sent in banks, or not banks, tanks to protect the banks. Oh, yeah, no. So, so tell me that that doesn't scream. Let's put it this way. Whenever, whenever the people of China get upset about something, I mean, let's be honest. If, if I know anything, it's this. <laughs> Chinese Communist Party loves to send tanks. They really do. Yeah, nothing um, nothing happened Google, in Tiananmen Square. Yeah. If you Google <laughs> Tiananmen Square anywhere else in the world, you will know why. You will know that they like to send tanks. In China, Tiananmen Square, nothing ever happened. I don't know why you're even... Literally. Don't Google it. Yeah, literally nothing happened there. If you're in China, don't Google that. You'll end up up on a list, and the next time you want to go to the bank, you're going to end up with a red QR code. You're going to end up detained with everyone else who Googled Tiananmen Square that weekend. I mean, it's it's, it's funny in that same way that, like, dynamite cures COVID. It's really not. Yeah. Yeah, you can laugh or cry. Yeah. Yeah, So they've... So they've sent bank. They've sent tanks to protect the banks, which I'll just call this Tiananmen Part Two Deposit Boogaloo. <laughs> and um, I mean, let's put it this way: when you're willing to send tanks out instead of just giving people two hundred million dollars back, that really makes me wonder what you're. Two hundred million dollars is a, is a drop gonna, and a half. And it's going to be them. more expensive to send the tanks. Yeah, you <laughs> just pay the money. It's a drop and a half for them. Uh, I mean, and here's the real problem: is if the small rural banks are in that, if they're in that bad of shape that they have to freeze accounts, and, and that's the thing is, they didn't even just, they didn't just say they're freezing accounts; they just locked people out and didn't say anything. Yeah, like they, they issued no statement, but apparently they're unfreezing. They're going to release the frozen bank funds. They're, apparently they are. I don't know. Well, so I, I, the, the the next problem, really, with Chinese banking or with the Chinese economy as a whole, but specifically out of the banking sector, is that a lot of their large property developers have stopped developing. Oh yeah, right. So everyone, remember those guys? Yeah, they stopped. Like they haven't <laughs> oh, yeah, continued to build. They have not continued on any of the projects. And so people in China who have mortgages with these companies to build the apartment, despite the fact that it'll never be finished yeah. until they sell it later to someone else. Blah blah blah. blah. Right, ignore all that. These people have now decided. You know what? If they're not going to finish my building, I'm not going to pay my mortgage. So I mean, was um, this kind of a way for the Chinese? Communist Party to kind of backstop that. Uh, they take know, deposits, it, they freeze it, it, you know, provides a little bit of liquidity. 
for the mortgage crisis that they have going on, the real estate crisis they have going on. So that, apparently, it's kind, of, it's kind most, of like a swap without a swap. You know? Yeah, I don't know about a swap. I wouldn't say that. I know. I know uh, most no, I, people well, who look at it. It's, it's like a kind of like it, but no, it's actually nothing like it. But yeah, I hear you. So, so, like, so the real, you know? so the real problem. So the real problem is, and looking at it from kind of like a risk management standpoint, people not paying their mortgages to the banks right now, at least in China, isn't enough to really damage the banks. They're, they'll be fine. With their mechanisms really? in place, yeah. From from a from a, is this going to really destroy their assets? No, they'll probably be okay. Wow. But the real issue is this: people don't trust the banks, and when people well, don't trust the banks, what I want to know is, did they trust the banks five years ago? Yeah, right. I like, think they did. Okay, I think good. Did. Well, that's what I'm saying. Okay. So I, I I think maybe China's headache. Like I, it seems like there's like this uprising across the world uh, with Europe. And with China and Sri Lanka, it seems like it's just like this uprising across the world against. It, it, it's, there's, it's, it's very different in every place because in Sri Lanka, you've got it's it's an uprising against the government because all, the, for, for, about mismanagement. It seems like it's just the, it's just people have gone like, OK, you guys have run this into the ground and, and here's the issue. We let you. Well, yeah, but it seems so, like it's all. No, I don't know. I, I don't know if you want to call it like an uprising against globalism or like just, an up, just like this anti-establishment thing. It's really ironic, but it's very, it's still like the root of it is anti-establishment, uh, but there's no, but the, but the end game is so unclear still. Right? Yeah. They, but there's, it's, it's, they don't necessarily elucidate yeah. on what, what comes next. They just, they're yeah. angry. They are angry at what is. And, and, and here's yeah. the thing. If you're the government in this position, you really have two options. You can either do, you can either, you can either placate the people by essentially to give them more of what they've said they want. Or yeah. you can resign. Well, there are some now, parties that have that do have an end game. Like I think the Dutch farmers or the f- European farmers they have an end game. It's repeal this thing that we have to do. Yeah, right? repeal well, that, I mean, and then we're and, good. And, but, and see, the real issue is if you look at the if you look at the Dutch farmers, they probably have a very valid point. Yeah. That so do the Chinese? They have oh, a valid point too. Right? Yeah. That's my money. But the Dutch farmers, the Netherlands does produce substantially more of the of the problematic gases than anywhere else in Europe, but they also substantially less land, right? So the idea that if you remove that production to other countries, you're probably not going to, it's not going to have that net beneficial environmental impact that you think. Well, yeah, exactly. And the thing is like the efficiency that they, that they can farm at is is pretty impressive. And I think, well, why is it impressive? Because they do this as well, right? So, you know, I like I, I don't really know that much about the, the law in place. All I know is that it, a lot of it has to do with the environmental regulations posed by the EU. There's an end game yeah, there, it's, it's, and I, I'm pretty sure there's an end game in China. But it's I mean, like, the end game in China, if I was, if I was, um, I have to imagine the end game for these people is we want our money. Yeah, I, but it's and, just, and, and yeah, it's be, just the, the weird thing is, just, I, I don't know. Maybe I said that kind of weird uh, initially, but like it just seems like there's an uprising against globalism across the world you know whereas like in the in the u.s like the biggest thing that i saw in the u.s this last couple of weeks aside from earnings was single stock etfs right that's wow what it, you know compared uh, yeah, to that's a that's yeah. a weird thing yeah I and, and mortgage demands have dropped absolutely. like single single stock etfs in case you're just wondering what it is it's basically you buy one security and it just triple leverages you into whatever the underlying is it's it's what it sounds like a single stock etf right there's like eight different companies with single stock ETFs now. I think it's like PayPal, Tesla, Nvidia, Nike. Um, I forget what else, but, but Pfizer, I think is also one of them. But you get the point. You can go single stock ETFs. You can buy a security that triple leverages you in, you know, increases your exposure by three times into a single security. And you can also go inverse. There's inverse ETFs too. Yeah. So go the opposite yeah, direction so you, of it. So you can go, it's a yeah. really like, it's what I want to say is 
all this, this strikes me as it's it's from your perspective a much less risky form of options in that you aren't left holding the bag on a potential major loss. Yeah, because there's no expiration date. You can yeah. buy it and hold it forever. But the weird thing about ET, okay, so anybody knows like triple leverage ETFs or like inverse ETFs are very sensitive to yeah, but small they, changes, like, hence the triple leverage. Yeah, right? but they're also like, think about how many times they do a reverse split or reorganize, right? And a lot of brokerage firms charge reorganization fees. So if you hold these for too long, I mean, you could get stuck with an or- with one of those reorganization fees. And the management fees have to be absurd. I can't imagine the management fees for these single stock ETFs, especially the short ETFs, like the inverse ETFs. There's no way the management fees are cheap. I, I don't know. I haven't looked it up. But like, oh, yeah, no, no that's- way. It's a, yeah. that like would it's, be... The guy literally came out and said, you know, the guy that started this came out and said, like, this is not for the faint of heart. These aren't securities that are meant to be held long term. No. It was what he said, word for word. That's, and, so, and that makes sense. Because it's, it's something that, like, they're, gonna, they're going to wildly fluctuate. Oh, yeah. Uh, which, which, you know, it, yeah. it's just a different, it's a different casino game. Yeah. And then on top of that, in the U.S., uh, is just merge demand. That's the only thing I saw. I mean, maybe I missed stuff, but those are, like, the big things that I saw was... Of course, Tesla, uh, Elon Musk backing out. I don't want to go too deep into this because we've already talked forever about other things. But I, yeah, so I, well, well, the big one I saw is yeah. So mortgage rates are down at twenty-two year or new mortgages. Mortgage, mortgage demand. Mortgage demand is at twenty-two year lows. So they're down to, back to two thousands year two thousand levels. And and, and yeah. I just decided, I decided to sit down, pull some data together, and go okay, let's ignore some things and just kind of compare what buying a house would have cost me exactly one year ago versus so in July of twenty twenty-one to buy the right same now. house for the same flat rate dollar value today and it's it's and yeah, it's very um, much the average house right in the u.s which, it's a very scary which yeah. so the first thing is is that the average house in 2022 is now five hundred seven thousand eight hundred dollars, or that was the median house so five hundred thousand just call it that mm-hmm. which means that if last year at the 2.88 fixed 30 year rate average that i, I got from uh, federal reserve was 2.88 percent this time last year, uh, which means that to borrow that $500,000 to buy the house, it would have cost me in per month, mm-hmm. it would have cost me $2,075.80. Oh, or, and yeah. then to say this, I will pay a grand total of $247,287.61 in interest to borrow that that $500,000. So roughly 50%. If I were yeah. to borrow that same dollar amount today to buy that same house, which is only $500,000, house is not it's the average house price, or a house yeah. or this is another house today that is, is today is the, the average price, house right? but like a five hundred thousand dollar house a year ago yeah was, is, I really was slightly reached, better slightly better than average yeah. i really reached for that house last year this year it's the average house this year it's a different house to less good house but it's the same dollar amount yeah. borrow that five hundred thousand dollars this year in this july it will cost me two thousand eight hundred forty two dollars and eight cents per month this is just yep. the, this is just the mortgage and the total interest I will pay to borrow $500,000 is $523,149.83. So I will pay more in interest than I borrow. What did you say? You, the total I, I, interest I, have, I will pay is $523,000. Wait, well, I've got 531000 on my thing. But, uh, I, mean, I, I, changed, just, I changed it just to 500000 So if I go oh, okay. um, 508700 then yeah, 532000 oh, Okay, my bad. Or five, 507, it was 507800 wasn't it? There we yeah, go. 530, 531311. Yes, there we go. Yeah. That's what I got. Um, but then I got to yeah. put the average figure in there into your yeah. spreadsheet that you created. So, so so here's and and I have some really fun graphs and maybe I'll post this into um into the right. Discord so you can take a peek at it. But um yeah. if if you want to know what that really looks like, what it means is this. So you never pay more interest than you do in your first payment. After that, you start to pay slightly more in print, on, of the principal back and slightly less of the interest. Yeah. Last year, it would have taken 6 years 
They would have paid more on interest than on the principal for six years exactly. And in January of year seven, that first payment of year seven, you're paying more on the against the principal than you are against the interest. Yeah. Right? If you were doing this this year, it takes 17 and a half years before you start to pay more on the principal than on the interest. So it'll be in July of year 17, actually July of year 18. Well, year 17, because you start in year zero. But in the 17th yeah, year, just, it'll be, you'll a, be halfway through the 17th year before yeah. you pay more against the, against the principal of yeah. the debt than you do against the interest. You'll pay more in interest than you borrow. Yeah, this is a 30-year this is a 30-year mortgage, but it's also like, it's assuming that you're taking on $500,000 debt. Absolutely. Right? Like this, this, is, this assumes right. you are borrowing so, 100% of it, that you're right. getting the exact average interest rate. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, if you're, exactly yeah so if you put a 20%, let's say you put, it, put down 100000 Twenty percent down, right on a five hundred thousand dollars house. It's still pretty much you're still the same, actually. You're, no, no, you are still at the new interest rate going to be paying more in interest right, than you that, are. Uh, actually, more than double, right? If if you, you put ten percent down, you will pay. Yeah, you will pay more than double now what you would have paid a year ago, and you will pay more to borrow your money now than you're actually borrowing. Yeah, exactly. Over thirty years. Yeah. So, gosh, yeah, that's insane. Uh, and at one, I'm, I don't know. The housing market just seems like. It's in shambles right now, but honestly, like housing market in shambles compared to what the U the EU is going through is just. I mean, the thing like, is this: people, people aren't wanting to buy. People don't want to buy houses because they're too expensive. You can, borrowing that much money is insane. And at the same time, people aren't necessarily wanting to. They don't want to put their house some people up. don't want to put their house yeah. up because they don't know where they'll go because they don't know where they'll, where they'll buy. People who are buying, so one, they don't want to borrow the amount of money they have to borrow to buy a house, and second. A lot of people would be sitting here, if you're smart, you sit down, and you look at how much you're going to be paying in the mortgage, you'll be like, well, I will never sell my house for more than I bought it for. So yeah. they'll view it as a loss, as a loss proposition. Now, I actually Which, went a little further and I decided to do some really fast income stuff to determine. So right, there's that basic rule of you should earn three times more than your housing. Yeah, three and a half times rent or whatever, three times rent or whatever so I said it is. Three, or, so I said mortgage, uh, rent, it'll be the same thing, right? You want to have yeah. three times that. So last year, 2021, your, tw- your $2,075, 80 cent mortgage payment, right? You'd... Um, You'd really only need to make sixty to twenty-seven a, mo- uh, a month, or annually that comes out to you have to make seventy-five thousand dollars a year. Now, mm-hmm. here's the real problem: hourly income. That means you'd have had to make thirty-seven, thirty-six, which is more than people were bit. making last year. Right. This year, your twenty, your two thousand eight hundred forty-two dollar payment. You now need to make eight thousand five hundred dollars a month, or a hundred and two thousand dollars. Yeah. Which hourly is fifty one dollars and sixteen cents. Yeah. Well, that's why we. And that's like, there's, uh, the, there's those articles where you see like you know people, half the people making two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year living paycheck to paycheck. If, well, if people making that uh, much money are living paycheck this is to paycheck, one of the reasons why probably the people who aren't making that much money are absolutely in a bad place. And so that's why. Yeah. Well, that's why de- you know de- debt levels are insanely high right now. Debt credit levels are insanely high. Debt is super high. And to touch on and to, to touch on on kind of the retail conversation we've been have has been happening in our Discord and that people have looked at. Retail numbers are yeah. solid right now. People are buying right now. But speaking of those retail numbers, kind of just retail in general, yeah. sure if you go to um, drunkenomics.myspreadshop.com, there's a pretty cool retail store there. There's a retail shop there, um, and you can find some pretty sweet Drunkenomic swag where you too. I'm just can, saying the retail sentiment could I be mean, weak, but it better not be weak here because I just want you all to look good. This is how you do it. Now, what right? I, I will so, warn you that if you are in China and you are wearing this, 
your QR code will turn red. Yeah, I absolutely guarantee. Will turn red. Unfortunately, the QR code will turn red if you have anything Drunkenomics related. I don't even know if, if it, our stuff ships to China. Oh, but. Ooh, that's a good question. But I will so, say is this: if we if but, it wasn't going to turn red before now, it will turn red after this. After this gets dropped. This but, uh, you can find it all at yeah. Drunkenomics.mindspreadshop.com. That's D R U N K U N O M I C S dot M Y S P R E A D S H O P dot C O M. Wow, I think it's because I'm less gracious this week. I could just just rattle yeah, that you're off. Back in, you're back, back in your republic, if you will. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but yeah, get yourself a hoodie, tank top, whatever it is. I did see someone got I, someone got a tank top today. So I'm like, dude, nice, man. Sun's out, guns out. Get a out. coffee mug. Now, you don't have to put coffee in. You can put your rum and coke in there, right? Let's say that. So, do what you got to do. And then from there, if, um, if you have too much merch, you got too many hoodies, you know, and not enough girlfriends to steal them all from. To have them steal, steal from you? To steal, have them steal from you, yes. It's so good for you on either having a stable relationship or, or, yeah. or more likely just keeping that lo- that hoodie under lock and key. Yeah, um, <laughs> exactly. And absolutely safe. Yep. But if that's not something you're going through, you can also find us at page on Patreon, P-A-T-R-U-N.com slash Drunkenomics, D-R-U-N-K-U-N-O-M-I-C-S. I spilled it twice already, but, uh, you know, whatever. And you know it each is. time, so. Thank you. Like, thank you, man. It's just a nice being back in this less gracious format. It's weird. I know, like, see. Change it's, up it's, is... I'll be honest, yeah. being back in the gracious state of things, uh, I think I just did need that week off. Yeah, I think so. I needed that week off. I'm feeling good. Yeah, I think um, I think we both feel a little bit refreshed from the one change-up we had. Um, but yeah, you know, find us on LinkedIn if you want, if you haven't already. You know, I, Yeah, I'm I got up, some. I got some, someone, someone yeah, whatever. Yeah, speaker just, or linked this week, and I don't yeah. know if that was... I assume it was related to this. Yeah, hopefully it is. But I mean, if you're going to do it, just let me know that you, I like, hey, you listened to the episode and hey, whatever. I mean, I just, just so I'm not like, who is this person? But yeah, thank you so much. I love drinking with you guys. Um, in the meantime, I hope you guys play Chestnut Checkers. Uh, what else do we have to say? Don't brag, just say. It only gets worse. Yeah, that's stuff. Forget all our little things. Don't, and then, don't uh, let the dead cat hit you. Don't let the dead cat bounce don't on you. Don't let the dead cat bounce on you. And most importantly, um, and, uh, uh, Stay drunk and amical, guys. Cheers, my friend. Cheers.